give you the truth of the Word of God. But here's what I want you to be. And here's what I want you to think about. 1 Peter chapter 2. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but I'm going to read it. Verse number 2. 1 Peter 2, 2. This has been one of my favorite verses for all the years. You don't hear me say it much, but this has been it. The Bible says, and he's talking about a new believer, a new Christian, as newborn babies. Do you know what a newborn baby is? Just come home from the hospital. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now you've missed that all your life. You've missed that. He said as newborn babes. He didn't say must desire. He didn't say you should desire. He didn't say you might desire. He said as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. There's one thing you can't do to a baby that is hold back the bottle. It's going to eat. It's going to scream. It's going to make noise. It's going to get your attention. It's feeding time. You don't have to wake a baby up in the middle of the night to feed it. You just know it's automatic. And God said if you're a child of God and you've been saved and you're a babe, you're going to desire the Word of God. And every one of us ought to have been in here this morning dancing, brother, with a hands in the air glorifying God that we're coming for one thing today, to study the Word of God. Now, the God gave me this this morning before I left. I didn't know we was going to get into this ruckus. We're almost 15 minutes into the today. Brother Tony's got to leave early probably. So he's going to miss some of it. So we come here, we got a time, just like a church time. Okay? That's the way it's going to be. If we don't want to do that, we'll just not have this. Because I'm not going to go through this every, every month. I ain't. This is not a toy. This is not something I come up here to get credit for. It's not something up here I get. I do get joy out of it, but I'm not up here to play around. We can talk about other stuff at times that we're not set up. So we get that. Now I want us to go to the Word of God, and I want us to turn this morning to the book of Matthew. I guess that's where I'll start. In the book of Matthew, chapter number 24, I'm going to give you an outline here in just a minute. First of all, I want us to go to the Lord in prayer and ask God's guidance and leadership. Brother Tony, you lead us, and thank you for being here this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again we come to you this morning. Father, thank you, Lord, for this Bible Thank you, study. Father. Lord, we just want to yes. go, dear yes. Lord, and have that desire inside us. Yes. Lord, that we might take thy precious word and not only be hearers of the word, but doers as well. Yes, Lord. I pray, Lord, for Brother Dennis right now. God, you'll touch him and, Lord, you'll use him as an instrument this morning. God, that he might expound upon the oh, word. Oh, God. And Lord, that we might be hearers of that word. Yes, Lord. God, we might go away from here different yes. than we came in. Pray, Lord, for all the sick, the shut-ins, Lord. Ask you, God, to be with them. Yes. Bless them. Have your way now this morning. We're ever grateful for all yes. you do. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Matthew 24. Looking at Matthew chapter 24 this morning. Does any of you in all your Bibles, well, everybody's got different Bibles. We're all King James. But I realize today that we got different Bibles. They're not all the same. Somebody, some publishers got this. Another publishers got that. Some of us got one type of study Bible. Another's got another type of study Bible. And all those are different. And those study Bibles will give you the idea of what's in that text. Or you've got a plain Bible. It won't give you anything like that. So I'm going to talk about what we call and what most people call, what a lot of preachers preach off and of, and it's called the Olivet Discourse. How many has ever heard of the Olivet Discourse? One, two. Two people. The Olivet Discourse. You said, what is that? I'm going to tell you what it is. Actually, it's just a discourse that Jesus gave on the Mount of Olives. Now, that don't mean... You said, where would I find it? My Bible. Look at your Bibles there and see if it's listed 
in the outside headings. It won't be in the scripture. How many has got Olivet Discourse in your Bible somewhere in chapter 24? It says Olivet Discourse. He's on the Mount of Olives. Nobody? All right. Now, just because I'm teaching the Olivet Discourse, don't go out and say there's no such thing as the Olivet Discourse. You look it up in the Bible, it, Olivet, uh, if it gives you anything, it's going to give you something like Mount of Olives. But Olivet, they, there's discourses. Now, I'm going to tell you about the book of Matthew. That's what we're going to do is outline the book of Matthew, Matthew for just a moment, and then we're going to zero in on the Olivet Discourse. There's five discourses. What in the world, preacher, is a discourse? A discourse is an authoritative teaching, somebody who's got the authority, and Christ had that authority. A discourse is an authoritative teaching on a particular subject or a particular topic. We're going to have that. Matthew chapter 24 is on a particular topic. We're going to talk about that today. That's called the Olivet Discourse. Now, if you don't want to accept that, you just say we're just going to the Bible. But there's five discourses in the Bible. Here they are in Matthew. There's a Sermon on the Mount. How many's ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Everybody loves the Sermon on the Mount because it's always patting us on the back. It's always good stuff. It won't never knock you in the head. It won't never prick you in the heart either. It kind of encourages you. And Jesus taught that in chapter 5, 6, and 7 in the book of Matthew. Then you got the mission discourse. It's not listed as mission discourse, but it's a discourse on mission. And so it looks at it as chapter number 10. Then you got what we call today the parabolic discourse. That is the parables. How many has ever heard of the parables? That's chapter 13 of the book of Matthew. And then you have the church discourse that the Lord gives us a church. Upon this rock I'll build my church. They never heard of it. But that's chapter 18. And Jesus is the one who give that discourse. Alright? And then when you get to chapter number 23, 24, and 25, you find the Olivet Discourse, which is what we're going to teach on today. And it has to do with uh, eschatology. Eschatology is prophecy. I'm probably going too fast for you. But if we'll never get this done if we don't. You're just going to have to listen, get it down, sunk in your heart. I'm going to keep preaching it and keep teaching it. And you're going to get that to some... And eschatology is dealing with the last days or the end times. And Matthew is full of it. A lot of people today don't want to study it. They don't want to hear it because they're scared of it. And uh, they don't know. And they and not only do they not know, when somebody that does know talks about it, they don't want to hear him because he's not educated enough. Understand? But some, some deceiver that don't know God and loves the devil and follows the devil can get up and give it, and they'll swallow it hook, line, and sinker. Right, Tony? That's right. And that's what I'm fighting against every day of my life. I'm so tired of people not knowing anything about the Word of God, including myself. Amen. So I spend my time with it. So what we need to do is to have the knowledge to teach the, the prophecy. We have to study the prophecy. And we have to study the Old Testament to know it most pastors can't walk their way out of the Old Testament. Most pastors will not preach out of the Old Testament. It's always Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's why when preachers go to funerals, they're carrying a little Old Testament. You know why preachers, when they're out in public, they, lots of them have just a New Testament. They're not basing anything out of the Old Testament. I can't deal with none of you today without my Old Testament and my New Testament. Amen. It's the end time. All scriptures given by inspiration. Old Testament, New Testament. They need to study the outs outside of the regular sermons. Most of them are buying sermons, uh, recording sermons, and pastoring what they're hearing. 
and uh, preaching that, and they got their mind and everything. I know preachers that stay more on the f golf course than they do in uh, studying their Bible. I know uh, preachers that watch uh, ball games more than they study the Bible. Understand? I know church folks that get involved too much in the world and soccer teams and all that with the kids and all that stuff is tearing our, our knowledge of the Scriptures down. There used to be a time when people desired the Word of God. They enjoyed the Word of God. They longed for the Word of God. They come to church to get one thing. I want my soul filled with the Word of God. I want to know the truth. I want to know what the Bible says. I don't want your opinion. I want to know what Jesus says. Amen. Amen. So then I get this outside bunch come to me and I say, are you ready for the rapture? There's nothing wrong with saying that to somebody. No. And they'll say, rapture? Where's that at in the Bible? I ain't never seen that in the Bible. I said, you know what? I'm tired of your stupidity. That's what I tell them now. That's the reason I ain't happy uh, lots of times with people because they... They get on me. Amen. When the rapture. Did you know that the rapture is the major event of every church on the earth, true church? Amen. It's the match it's the major event that's going to take place. Yes, They've got it messed up and twisted up and, I mean wrapped up and everything under the sun. And they get it all mixed up with the rapture and the revelation. When you hear me talk about the second coming of Christ, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. What? When he comes back with his feet on the mountain. There you go. Amen. You don't hear me talk about the rapture uh, being him when he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. He's coming in the clouds. My Bible teaches that. And if yours don't, you got the wrong Bible. Or the wrong interpretation. And the Word of God is not of any private interpretation. God didn't give me uh, my own interpretation of it. What I believe of it should be the same thing Brother Virgil believes and all of you at the table, everybody going around. We all should believe the same. We don't have the same mind and the same judgment. We're going to cross uh, deadlines and cross uh, places that we're not going to get out of. We're going to be in a fight. We're going to be divided. And brother, we can't have that. That's why we need to stay with the Word of God as the final authority. Now, the rapture could take place any minute. That's why it's the most important event of the local church right now in the future. Now, we got churches up and down our country. You hear me say this all the time. But we got people up and down the country worrying about the mark of the beast. Yeah. Worrying about the one world government. Worrying about the one world faith. Or the one world this and the one world that. And uh, uh, climate change and all that. Yeah, we got climate change coming. I'm moving from here. Amen. Getting out of here. Amen. I don't have to worry about it. Praise God. So, hey, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. Amen. Any day. And I say that the second coming is not imminent. Imminent means at hand. Any time. Any moment, any second, any hour. That's why I say the rapture is imminent. Yes. It may be 10 years from today. It may be 20 years from now. It might be 15 minutes from Amen. now. And it may happen for that. Amen. Imminent. And we need to see that. I'm so excited about it this morning uh, that it's going to happen. And uh, we'll look at it, and it just it just blesses my heart, thrills my soul, and I see these people, and I look at them, and I say, I don't know how in the world. And when they say that to me, I say, that's you just made a stupid statement. Yeah. That the rapture's not in there. So I usually look at them, and I say, well, let me ask you this: Do you believe in the Trinity, preacher? Do you believe in the Trinity? I say, yes. I ask people, I say, you believe in the Trinity? They say, yeah. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Why do you want to believe that? It's not even in the Bible. The word Trinity is not mentioned. But God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is. Amen. 
So I believe in a trinity. Yes, sir. Well, let me just give you another. I look at the do you believe in the Bible? Yeah. Why do you believe in the Bible? The word Bible is not in the Bible. Huh? Do you believe in grandfather? Oh yeah. Did you know the word grandfather is not in the Bible? Do you believe in demons? Or a demon? Did you know that's not even mentioned in the Bible? The word demon or demons is not in Hey, so don't throw at me when I'm saying I'm talking about the rapture and it's not in the Bible. All that's what all the devil's doing is trying to stop you, slow you down, and quit you. Amen. We need to get our minds set on the Word of God. Amen. I believe that's the reason the devil's been working so hard on me all week long. He's the accuser of the brethren. And he's going before the throne all the time. Look what he's doing. He wanted to, he don't want me saying what I'm saying this morning. That's right. He don't like this at all. And I, I don't care. I'm just going to keep it up. Amen. Keep it up and keep it up and keep it up. But in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, the word caught up yeah. is in there. And it says uh, caught up. And that comes from the word harpazo. And I'm not a Greek scholar or a Hebrew scholar, but it means that word harpazo means to take suddenly or snatch out or snatch up. Yeah, I believe in, in a rapture. Just not, and I know rapture is not in the Bible, but the snatching up is. Amen. Well, let's just kind of look, look at something else. I want us to go now to Matthew chapter 24. I don't know why. Uh, we went that route, but that's what the Lord wanted, so we went there. Amen. Matthew chapter 21, chapter 22, and chapter 3, as I told you a while ago, are the chapters on the Olivet Discourse. Before I get into the Olivet Discourse in chapter 24, actually there, I want us to go to chapter 23. I want you to see the setting of this business of chapter 24. You can solve all your prophetic uh, questions, not all of them, but the majority of the <coughs> questions of prophecy from chapter 24 of the book of Matthew. You take what you know from the book of Daniel and all the Old Testament, put it on chapter 24, and then Take chapter 24 and apply it to the whole book of Revelation. And you'll know what's going to happen. You may not know when it's going to happen, but you'll know. And there won't be no problem. There's no Christian at this table today that should not already know what the signs of the times are. But I'll share some things with you in a minute. But in chapter 23, the Lord... In verse number 1 down through verse number, well, it actually goes on down to um, verse 36. He's dealing with the religious leaders. It's the religious people of our day that gives us more trouble yes, than sir. anybody. Yes, I can take somebody that don't know the Bible, hasn't been twisted by one denomination or one kind of teaching and another kind of teaching... If there's anything it's hard to pastor in these days is somebody's been in about three or four different kinds of religions or three or four kinds of denominations. Yeah. Uh, of all the denominations, if I have to deal with people who's got a Pentecostal background, I know right quick. That's why most of this hires out of my head today. I've dealt with Pentecostalism. They're in the middle. They're not right. And they're not 100% wrong. But they're not 100% right. Amen, Tony. You better give me an amen at once in a while. I guarantee you. This is happening. They'll get a hold of you and they'll teach the Holy Ghost. They'll try to tell you you need the Holy Ghost. They'll tell you, they're telling you the truth when they tell it. But then they take everything they get to get the Holy Ghost and they try themselves to get it and they got formulas and ways of getting the Holy Ghost. I found out the Holy Ghost comes from God. Amen. And I was baptized in it when I got saved. Amen. And I'm indwelt with it today. Yes. I can't get no more of the Holy Ghost. 
I can't. You can't either. But God can get more of you and me. And then we'll have more of the power of God. We need to be understandable how we're going to be subjected to the Holy Ghost of God. So you get somebody that's been taught that you lose your salvation. You've got to work to get your, your power. You've got to work to stay saved. You understand that? Then they put them over in a church and the preacher says, once saved, always say, you get saved, you're saved for time and eternity. You'd swing out over hell uh, on a rotten uh, corn stalk and holler hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, and they look and say, that ain't what I've been taught. I was taught you have to hold on. Yeah. You got to hold out. Yeah. You got to stay with it. Keep it doing. Yeah. So somebody's wrong. Yes, sir. I said, one hanging, running down the rotten corn stalk, probably. That's what they'll say, but that's not so. God said, I'll give unto you eternal life. Amen. Either God lying to you if He can take it away from you, that's right. or you're not believing what He's saying. I believe in eternal security. I don't believe you can make your mind up that you're going to be saved and you're going to stay saved. Because if you made your mind up to stay uh, to get saved, you're going to make you can make up your mind not to be saved. But when God reaches down on the inside, puts the new seed of the Word of God in there, and it springs forth, and brother, it takes over and dominates your being, <clears throat> then you'll be all right. Now, let's go on from there just a minute. Here, here comes the Presbyterians. And they, they've got a Catholic design. They've come all, all the Presbyterians, all the Methodists, all uh, the Pentecostals. All of those have come off of the Roman Catholic Church. Pentecostals? Yes, sir. I remember when women would not wear nothing uh, if it didn't come down to the wrist on their sleeves. I remember when uh, all that, they balled their hair up. They would not cut one sprig of their hair. I remember when they would not take rouge or anything on their face. And now look at them. They're just as wild and weird as the rest of the world. So what happened? Did they lose it? I'm, I'm trying to get the background to know, establish this for prophecy. And uh, it may sound like I'm going in the wrong direction, but I ain't. So in chapter 23, the Lord is dealing with the scribes and the Pharisees, and, the, and he calls them hypocrites. You know what a hypocrite is? Somebody claims there's something that they are not. A hypocrite is somebody that says, I'm saved by the grace of God, but in actions and deeds, they do not know the Lord, not one little particle of God. They live the way they want to live. God tells me that you're not your own. He tells me that I'm not my own. God tells me I can't do what I want to do. My job is to do what the Lord said to do. Yeah. And I'm to follow Him with all my heart all my soul and let the word of God incorporate my mind my body and my soul and that that's all I do we're just to be living and moving and breathing and accepting and, and following the Lord we can't live for ourselves we're not our own that's right. we bought with a price so he deals with them and after he gets all that, you go read that 23rd chapter. He's seeing how the religious world is, and the religious world directs the way the world is today. Did you know our religious world is controlling our country? Sure. The bad thing is the, the religious people are not righteous people. Amen. They following after the world. They're following after everything. That's why that they're fighting. I heard this week 50, 50 countries have said now that we cannot, and it hadn't been said that I know of in America yet, but there's 50 countries that said you cannot 
talk to people about your faith. That's the same as saying you can't witness to nobody. They're saying you cannot try to change somebody's belief. You know what I do? I try to change people. Uh, And how do I do it? I preach them the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. The truth will keep you free. And if I go out and teach and preach salvation through the grace of God, by grace through faith and the shed blood, if I preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'm doing exactly what I'm told to do, and that will change them. I can't twist their arm and make them join my church. I can't make I can't make them to believe the way I believe, but I can tell them what the truth is, and God gives them a mind. The Jews have had that for ages and ages and ages, and till this day, they are not believing the Lord God. I'm talking about Jews as a whole. We got Jews here and there that do. We got Jews that are preaching the gospel of the grace of God that I'm preaching today. They're just as saved as I'm saved. But we got Jews today that defy Christ. They hate Christ. They they do not want Him. Matter of fact, He's an enemy to them. They will fight you if you tell them that He's the Messiah. You might well throw your New Testament away dealing with a Jew. He's not going to accept it unless He's born again. Or unless He's at in the middle I like to deal with them if they're going to argue with you there ain't much you can do with a Jew what can you do with a Gentile today if they're going to argue with you and don't believe that Jesus Christ is a God in the flesh you can't win him either you just pray for him go find somebody else that's the way it's been since the ages alright you wonder about why so much wickedness I see why alright so what happens when we get to chapter 21 I'm in chapter 23, and look at verse number 37. This is the key to the Olivet Discourse. So let's read these these words here in chapter 23, starting with verse number 37. Jesus, after, of course, now you remember the 24th chapter is long dealing, and his ministry is behind him. He's been healing the sick. He's been raising the dead. He's been touching the blind eyes. He's been touching the deaf ears. He's been doing everything he's been doing. And his his ministry has been perfect. He hasn't sinned in one, one iota. He hasn't walked away from the truth. He has not denied God. Amen. He's the Son. He's lifted the Father. But in verse 37... He looks over Jerusalem. He's looking over, down over the Jerusalem town, and he says, Oh, Jerusalem. Somehow I can just see the Lord crying, tears coming out of his eyes, and his voice is broken when he says, Oh, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Thou that killedest the prophets. He's trying to remind, you know, you've killed them. Kill my men I've sent to you. And stonest them which are sent unto thee. I sent them to you to tell you the truth. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't listen to them. You see it? And he's saying, How often would I have gathered thy children together? Even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings. And you would not. You see that? He's saying, Jerusalem, I love you. I would, I've loved to and would right now if you gather around me. I, I put my wings around you and, and uh, hover over you like a chicken does her little babies. But you wouldn't. You won't let me. He's brokenhearted on a nation he's chosen. Why did he choose Israel? Not for no particular reason. What, because they were mighty? Whatever nation he chose, he could have made them what he wanted them to be. But God can't make you no more than you'll let him make you. And Israel can't be made no more than what God will, what uh, Israel will allow God to do. Right. There's one thing that God's going to do. He's going to change their mind. Because yeah. he will not forget the people he's chosen. Same as the church. We've been chosen of the, 
of the Lord for the church. Now, I don't mean he went out and picked this because this, I'm just telling you God has thrown the same gospel out to all of us, and it's up to us to accept it or reject it. You've got the right to cuss God out today. Yeah. He's never told you you couldn't. He's got the right to, uh, you've got the right today to say, no, Lord, I'll never pick up your Bible again. You're not going to hurt God. You're going to hurt yourself. Amen. And so he looks at Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, I would, and I'm going to, give my life for you. I want you to be my people. And we're going to see that he changes that a little later. It's not that he ever quits loving Israel. He'll never quit loving Israel. He'll never quit loving the lost man or woman on this earth either until they lift their eyes in hell. And he says in verse 38, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Now this is something I believe caught them. Can you imagine these Jews? They don't know what he's talking about. They don't understand him. They're looking for a king. He's already come into Jerusalem. Daniel told us this. He's going to have a day. He's coming. He's going to present himself. He presented himself. They refused him. They looked for a king. They looked for a kingdom. And so he's saying, just because you refuse me, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. You know what desolate is? Destructive. It's going to be destroyed. It's going to be nothing. You're going to be left as nothing. He's talking about here your house. Now what he's actually talking about is the house of God. Yeah. See, we'll see that in chapter 24, but he's telling them right here. The thing about Jesus is this. Jesus speaks of subjects in little bitty increments. He does not give you the whole sentence. He gives you something to think on. Then he's got others that come along like Matthew and explains. And John explains it in, in the book of John. Daniel explains some things that's going to happen. Christ tells you what's going to happen. Now John's going to show you what's happening. And all of those stay together. God don't need a bunch of little preachers running up and down the country trying to make a dollar and a nickel here and and try to get... They're looking for... What do you see when you see these uh, on YouTube? Hit my, my subscribe button. What they want? Getting another nickel. And if we get so many... That's what burns me up. That's the reason I ain't even pursued it. You have to have, what was it, 50 subscribers before you can go live on... And I looked at the Bible. I said, where did I get that? They're trying to say, I'm not qualified to put nothing out there unless i got so many backing me up. i got one in heaven, and that's all I need Amen. to say I've got the right to preach it. That's why you don't hear me saying anything about it. I just, I said, let YouTube have it. Amen. You said, well, you ain't reaching them, everybody. Well, what am I wanting to reach them for? The preachers are out there doing it all the time, and I know some preachers that are good, and they ain't reached them. No. No, sir. I just preach it. Every chance I get. I come to your house on Monday and another's house on Tuesday and we'll get us a crowd and I'll preach every night. With some knowledge, you're reaching a lot of people too. Yeah, but they ain't told me on there that I have to subscribe. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Only thing is, I'm, I'm all mixed in with a bunch of weirdos for sure. Summer Audio's got a bunch of weirdos. Got some good men, I thank God for that. He said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Underline or look at that word desolate. I'm not going to say much about it here, but that is a, a that's a lesson in itself we could go get. Verse number 39 says, For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth. Now watch this. This is very this is a very important verse. If you miss this verse, what did the Lord do when he done his disciples and sat down before his crucified? He had a supper. And he said, I'll not sit down with you again until 
the other side yeah. when we'll sip and sup together. You hear me? Now he's saying here to Jerusalem, For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth in his disciple. You'll not see me anymore. This is it. Now actually they saw him crucified after that. Yeah. But he's saying to the nation Israel, I'm not going to, this is it. You've done, went far enough. Actually, he extended his mercy and he extended it again, even in the book of Acts. But they wouldn't have him. And this is before they said, away with him, away with him. Give us Barabbas. After walking with him for three and a half years, by the way, how long was the Lord's ministry on the earth? Three and a half. Hey, three and a half years. Isn't it amazing the devil's got his little ministry, yeah. amen, over there, and he's got it broke up in two, three and a half years. Special, yeah. special, amen. Yeah. What about that? He done it double. Going to say, hey, look, i got a bigger ministry than Christ. We'll not get into that. I'm getting sidetracked. Excuse me. Verse 39. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That is a, what we call a messianic psalm. That is a phrase. To get, Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a messianic psalm. Jews are good at that. Down through the Bible. He said, Until I'll not, I'll not sit with you anymore, and I'll not come back to you again anymore, Till you're going to get to the place that you're going to say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Are the Jews doing that today? No. Sir. no. Will they? Yep. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Amen. It's coming. Thank God. Amen. Amen. I like it. Now, he's stirred them up. He's got them all messed. What's he mean? Our house is going to be desolate. The temple. You remember... The, the disciples said one time, he said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up again. He did not understand. It took 46 years to build this temple. And, he gonna dis and he's going to raise it in huh? three days. He did. Amen. Amen. He's talking about his body. Right. Which, you and me, in a sense, he's the house of God to you and me. Amen. All right. Now we're going to chapter 24. This is going to take a little time. We want to look at this thing. I've done broke it down to what it is. But we're going to look at the signs. I want you to break it down to how it is. Everybody don't understand it. Look at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 24. I'll take you the first two verses. And we'll look at those as we come down through it. And I pray that the Lord will... Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to skip a little here because I'm, I'm going to have to can't catch up for where I'm behind. In uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 1 said, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. That's where he was. We know where, where was he? When he cried, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, is in the temple. And it said, And departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him, for to show him the buildings of the temple. Now you just told us that the, our house is going to be desolate, going to become desolate. But look at this. It's not falling apart. It's well maintained. It's pretty. It's beautiful. What do you, he, they're trying to say, what do you mean that this house is going to be desolate? They're looking at it. They're trying to understand at the same time and they're trying to question how many times when God tells you to do something do you just go do it and not answer and not question nothing how many does it the first time as soon as God speaks the first time you don't waste no time you just get up and do it so you're always questioning God yeah I'm always questioning God. That's why we're not happy. Amen. That's why our lives are falling apart. That's why we don't know what's going on. We don't look at spiritual things. We got it all solved. 
All right. I'm not. I don't mean this in, in any derogatory manner. I'm talking about all of us in this building. We're all guilty of these things. Yes, and it says, uh, "There, there's a question." And, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings. The, they followed him down out of the temple. And when he come down, uh, after he departed, out, now they're coming to him. Where's he going? You'll find out that he. In, in a, a verse or two down, we'll find out it is going up on the Mount of Olives, verse 3. And uh, I'm not going to jump down there right now. But it said, verse 2, And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Oh, you're not seeing... A, you, actually, he's trying to say to them, You really can't see the whole. You can't see past your nose. You don't know what's in the mind of God tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen down the road. Can somebody in here tell me what's going to happen on January the 13th, 2024? I can't even tell you what's going to happen tomorrow or the rest of the day. I know what my plans are, but my plans get broken. So he said, And Jesus said unto them, See, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another. He's talking about the temple that shall not be thrown down. They couldn't see that. But now we're on the other side of that. Yeah. We look back at what Jesus said, and we find out that that happened in A.D. 70. 70 A.D. They didn't know that Roman, the Romans, and under the leadership of Titus, was going to come. And it's not the Titus of the book of Titus either. No. Uh, the the uh, Roman soldier Titus, the leader, would come through and destroy Jerusalem and destroyed the temple that they're in. Do the Jews have a temple today? No. Why? God's even blocked that. He let them put a Muslim temple. And they can't get to that Muslim temple. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I used to wonder where the hell that's going to happen. I've I've tried to study prophecy for all my life, really. Never preached as much as I have in the last four or five years. But I'm beginning to understand that. Somebody said, what's going to happen? They've got to set it, and according to the Scriptures, it's got to be put basically right where the Mosque of Omar is, which is a Muslim temple. And there's a four-square... Uh, wall around Jerusalem got 12 gates there's 3 gates on every side 4 threes is 12 you remember Nehemiah fish gate uh, the water gate all those you read those you go back and study those those gates <coughs> but they got another on the front over there too uh, they call it the beautiful gate that's where it's predicted that the Lord Jesus Christ will come off the Mount of Olives and it'll be leveled out. And there's, I, I used to, I couldn't understand how it's going to be leveled out. But it's so plain now, it's so exciting. Amen. The Lord just, uh, He just does it. He just knows how to do it. He can level you today if He wants to. Amen. 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 And, uh, but He'll have you a place to go to. Thank God for that. And uh, so, what happens? They close that gate. You can't go in and out the beautiful gate. They got a Muslim cemetery on the outside of that. Re look at it. You can find pictures of that on, the, on Google. Google knows everything but the Lord. Amen. But I'm, and, and the Lord knows everything but Google. Amen. Amen. So I'm saying to you, uh, they got... Uh, <laughs> they got all this out there. And so they can't... They can't uh, they can't desecrate that. So that gate's going to be opened one of these days. And the Lord Jesus is going to come in there. That temple's there. Oh, did you know God can just have a little earthquake and kick yes, off that sir. thing? He can burn her down. Yes, sir. Uh, somebody can bomb it and blow it up. Or the Lord can uh, give it to Israel. <laughs> just give it to them. Amen. And I don't know what he's going to do. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what's going to happen. That's something I don't know. But they will build that temple. But I do know this. The devil 
himself through the person of the Antichrist will say you can build a temple. If the devil can tell you that you can build the temple, then what's going to stop you from saying you can have the temple right here and restore it right here and he can put down? I don't know the details. It's not for me to figure that out. I'm just reading the Bible. They will put up a temple. I do know that. Amen. Uh, will it be before the... Oh, everybody gets it. Will it be before the rapture? Will it be before uh, the saints are called out? Well, why would we need a temple? Right, right. I believe that'll be a ha- after the... Tri- not after the... Tri- but be after the rapture. Yes, sir. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to start the rapture. I may not get it today. I've done told you before. But I'm going to tell you a hundred more times. I'm sure before I get out of here. I got the place. I don't even care where I said it ten minutes ago anymore. I used to. I used to. Oh, I done told that 15 times in this lesson today. I don't care. Amen. Amen. You know, if they hadn't told me uh, the multiplication table more than 15 times in my life, I probably wouldn't know them today. Zero times one is what? Can I say something else? Yeah, go me, ahead. Me and my wife sometimes go to Gainesville. Yep. And we'll go down there and I said, look, well, I didn't know that building, sir. It don't take them near as long now to build a building. They don't. They done got it so, so clear now that they can put it up in six, six weeks. They done got it pretty well done. So I learned to Anytime you don't speak, you better get in because I, I won't slow down for you. Amen. You'll just have to stop me. But I'm going to tell you. Is there something that supposed to go? Is there something there now? The Mosque of Omar. That's the gold dome. That gold dome. That is the Mosque. Let, let me tell you a little bit. I ain't got, I'm going to get deviated just a little bit. This is not in my plans, but you asked the question, so I'll settle it for you. That is on what they call Mount Moriah. I don't know where you understand about Mount Moriah, but Mount Moriah is where Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice and God stopped him. It's also where the Jews offered sacrifice throughout their days for a lot of times and it's got a rock on it. When they slain the animal or the sacrifice, the blood would drain down through that rock on that mountain and would go down I found this out when I was in the Holy Land in the 70s, and that that blood would flow into the pool of Siloam. And that's where the, it, you know, that's where the blood went. You remember when Jesus come through and walked and come to a fellow and he was blind? And he put, I think, I don't know where he just took spittle or where he took mud or whatever. He put a, I don't know, I'm, there, there's, there's two of those instances. I'm not sure which one I'm talking about right now. I'd have to look it up. Caught me off guard. But what happens is, he rubbed that on the eyes and he said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Why did he say that? Everybody and his brother thinks because got to have that water. Uh Uh-uh. It was that blood through that pool. Had been offered there before of all those sacrifices before. And it's a type of being a applied with the blood of Christ. Amen. It's symbolic, but that's what he meaning. So what I'm trying to tell you is, uh, yep, that's where the that's why they want that place. And I believe they'll get that place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Matter of fact, I know they'll get that place. Because yes, I done read further than where we are here. And they will have a sacrifice. And the devil, people, I didn't see this for ages. I did not see this. That the Antichrist is going to make a covenant. The book of Daniel, we're talking about. He's going to make a covenant with them that you're going to have peace. That's going to start. That's going to start uh, the tribulation. Now the church will be gone somewhere place right there before. I don't believe we'll see the signing of... uh, the covenant, we may, but I don't believe we will. Reason is because God's got to get the church out of here. God's got to get us out of... We are two different entities from them. God has made us as a 
heavenly people with a heavenly promise. God's never told us that we're going to have to go through judgment on, on tribulation. God says you're going to stand before me at the judgment seat, and before you get there, I'll beat the devil out of you have to if I have to put you in the graveyard first. That's why he said in chapter 11 of the book of 1 Corinthians that he's going, that we need to check ourselves and make sure we're up to par with the Lord. Now, I'm, I got deviated. I got on, on a sidetrack. I mean, get back to the, to the thing. And I don't mind you saying things because that's how you learn. That's how you pick it up. That means you're interested in it. Amen. I don't know all about the Bible, but I'm a learning. I'm learning. Praise God. So we're looking at this. Jesus said in verse 2, And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? I mean, you, you're not seeing it? Why are you so blind? We've got the God of truth, and we've got the Bible of truth. We've got the Holy Ghost dwelling on the inside of us, and we don't need somebody to teach us. We've got the Holy Ghost that teaches us. But the only thing is, we don't trust what the Holy Spirit says. We'd rather hear some man tell us. We don't want to read it word for word in the Bible and believe that. That's just too hard for us. But it's a lot simpler when somebody looks at you and says, this is what it is, even if he's a, if he, a false prophet. Yeah. We like that better. Yeah. We can put that in our back pocket and pull it out once and read it again, put it back. We can do that with the Word of God. But that's in our heart. But we'd rather have it explained to us. Amen. Jesus is so hard to comprehend. We have to have something simpler. Actually, it's the simplest thing in the world to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so he goes on, and he says this, Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone, not even one, upon another that shall not be thrown down. But it was. It was thrown down. And they saw it. It took them a while. Actually, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ took place. They went on business as usual. Christ has been called back up into glory. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And all of a sudden, here come Titus and them Roman soldiers. And they destroyed the temple. It took 46 years to build a Herod. Remember? And now they don't have a temple. They stole the records. The Jews don't even know what, what uh, lineage they're of. I'm watching this too. They're going to have 144,000 Jews sealed with the seal of God in their forehead. And I'm so curious where the records are going to come from. Amen. God's got them somewhere. Amen. I guarantee you there will be something. Look, man ain't going to accept the fact that them is 144,000 Jews and they've been sealed out of every tribe. And they ain't got no paperwork, no record. And they're going to argue for the next three and a half years before the uh, mid-tribulation's over. And they're going to say, they can't be, they can't be. But God's going to give some kind of proof. I'll guarantee you this. I know God. I know my God. Amen. He fixes. If he don't, this will be the first time that we've got proof. Uh, we've got evidence of God not showing up with the facts. God covers himself with facts. And then when we find out about it, we're going to find some scripture in here that's going to say it's, they've been there all the time and we didn't see it. Does that, does that surprise you? Not when you know the God I know. Amen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But they will know. And a Jew right now can't tell you what, what tribe he's of. Some of them can... Say I'm of this tribe and that. And by the way, I'll tell you something else to add to that. Mm. Praise God. It's like a gob of honey, brother. I'll tell you right now. One of these days, those priests that are going to practice as priests in that temple, they're going to have to be of the line of the tribe of Levi. Yep. Yeah. Or they're not going to be authoritative. So there's another proof that God's going to have to give proof. You said, I don't see it in the Bible. Yeah, I don't either. 
but they couldn't see it here. They couldn't even see that the temple was going to be destroyed. You dig up any of them little Jews now that was in the days with Jesus and say, did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I didn't think it would happen, but it did. Amen. Us old Gentiles, Gentiles are going through the country now preaching that God did destroy yeah. the temple. Now we're going to get a long way today because we 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 <laughs> nearly been an hour and we got uh, two verses. And uh, this is this is one I may have to teach this for two or three times. That'd be that, good. This That'd all be of it discourses is so tremendous. We haven't even got Daniel tied into it yet. I was reading some of this the other day and I thought, Lord God, I can't hardly wait now to get back to studying and preaching on Daniel again because I done picked up some things that's even helped me out with understanding Daniel now. I love it. It comes together. Now, we get to verse 3. And we will not say anything anymore about those two verses. We could say a whole lot more, really. I mean, I've uh, disclosed some things right now that you... Uh, probably didn't really recognize. But verse 3 said, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, now I told you he went to the Mount of Olives. He left the temple, come to the Mount of Olives. Now, just, just stop to think about that a minute. I've been there. Mount of Olives, is just, it's not a real high mountain, but it's, uh, you can look down over Jerusalem. And uh, I know you've seen it in the news forecast, if you will, you'll see a gate, big old long uh, gate, not a gate, but a, Wall, and in that center you'll see that uh, cemetery if they give you close enough and you'll see that's a Muslim cemetery that they put there and the Muslims has put it there because they know that people leave, uh, believe this about Jesus uh, oh, actually the, the Muslims you have to study some things about Muslims most of you don't even know much about Muslims this morning uh, but see they believe that one of the they they're, they don't call him a Messiah. They call the Messiah. They know what we are when we call him Messiah. They say he is the false Messiah. Now you, you listen. I'm gonna put this together for you where you can comprehend it. See, there's we've got Muslims over there. We've got, we've got, uh, and I've learned more of this since I've seen the war with Israel than I've ever seen. And this Israel war is is a part of this. Yeah. And Israel's the whole part. Yeah. Israel's the most hated nation on the earth. Nobody's ever tried to kill any particular race and yeah. annihilate them like they have the Jew. Why do they do that? Why does the devil hate them so bad? They give us the Word of God. They give us the Son of God. Amen. And they've given us all kinds of inventions and uh, amen. They've given us all those. One of these days, they're going to give us uh, one of the greatest revivals on the face amen. of the earth. I hear preachers talking about looking for a great revival. We're going to have a great amen. revival. But we're not, not us. We're leaving. The greatest revival on the earth will be when 144,000 Jews are sealed with the seal of God in their forehead and two false, not two, not two false, but two witnesses from heaven. If you'll read that chapter, I read it to the night, but if you read that chapter, you'll find that they come down at the early part of the tribulation and they last for three and a half years. Let's, uh, let's turn to something here. I know I'm deviating now a little bit for myself, but I got to look at this. Let's go. Let me find that chapter that deals with, with them boys. Chapter 11. Just open my finger right there. It went to it. Praise God. I love it, I love it, I love it. The Lord knows where to go. Let's look at the 11th chapter. The Bible's Revelation. Revelation chapter 11. Verse number 1. Pay a particular attention. You see what's happening. You can't go to sleep studying the Word of God. If you do, you're going to miss so much. I, was, uh, I, I do that sometimes. I'm just reading it. I'm asleep. I'm reading it. I'm asleep. I ain't looking for nothing. When you're reading and you're awake, you're looking for something. Yeah. 
And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. Uh, I know what a rod is. Moses stretched the rod out in the waters parted, so it's something. A reed somehow kind of gives me the idea that it must be something like a measuring stick yeah. or a ruler. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God. So you see, we know we're going to have another temple. And we know it's at the beginning of the tribulation. So I don't know where they'll build it. That's one thing I can't tell you where they'll build the temple before the rapture or after the rapture. But I do know that it's going to be really at, at the first part of the tribulation. The temple's going to be there. Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it giveth unto the Gentiles. For it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Now would somebody tell me what how many uh how long that is 42 months is three and a half years years. now you remember it's your prophetic days are 30 days to a month we have 31 days but a prophetic year is always 30. when you're working on third on prophecy you're always working it so divide uh that into it you find it's three and a half years and then in verse 3, he clarifies it. He said, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, which I believe is Moses and Elijah. And they shall prophesy. They're going to prophesy. This is how long they're going to preach. Most people thought they'd just show up and leave. How many believe that? That you've been taught all your life that these prophets are going to come down and show up and leave? What about you, Tony? Have you always thought they'd just come down and leave? I've heard that. Okay. And look at what it says. He said, And they shall prophesy a thousand, put that down, thousand, two hundred and sixty days, three scores, sixty. So put out twelve hundred and sixty days on your piece of paper there. Huh? And and divide that uh, with three hundred and sixty. Because it's three hundred and sixty days in a prophetic year. And that will come out to Three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of, of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So these fellers are going to take care of business. They're not going to need no help. Don't you know they'll have a lot of souls that's going to hear them? Yes, sir. In three and a half years. At the same time, chapter 7 goes into play. They seal 144,000 Jews with the seal of God in the forehead or in the hand or whatever. And here they go through preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They're not preaching the gospel of grace of God. They're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I'm preaching the grace of God. Yes. Tony's preaching the gospel of grace of God. We're not preaching a kingdom. Why? We're not going to a kingdom. All right. These the Bible's so plain. You 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 get you get them laid out where they're supposed to be, and it just falls it falls not apart, falls in, in part. All right, these have power to shut heaven. That's where I say you got to be Elijah. He called on God, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. That it rained not in the days of their prophecy, which is three and a half years, forty two months, twelve hundred sixty days, and have power over waters to turn them to blood. Who was a instigator of that Moses and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will and Moses did that and when they shall have finished their testimony that's at the end of three and a half years the beast that ascendeth up or ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them the beast now he's going to kill them Nobody's been able to kill them. There's going to be a party going on. At the, this is the middle of the tribulation. What's going to happen then? This is going to turn the devil, the Antichrist. He's, been, he's rode out on a white horse. He's had peace for three and a half years. All these boys have been preaching. And now he's going to break that covenant of peace. The red horse rides out. 
and now death takes into play. There's going to be a war, conf- uh, the con- confrontation, and this it, this fellow's going to stand up, and he's going to get all the applaud and all the praise, and they're going to even pass out gifts. It's going to be Christmas time to them in the tribulation, in the middle of it. And uh, he said they're going to overcome and kill them. In verse number 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street. I'm going to show you they're dead. Dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, uh, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where all our Lord was crucified. Now, uh, how long are they going to lay in that street? Look down at verse 11. I'll borrow it. And after three days and a half. Why did it take three and a half days? It goes back to something Jesus did. He raised Lazarus on the fourth day. Why did he raise him on the fourth day? Because a Jew, for some strange reason, believes that the spirit dwells with, with the body for three days. That's what they teach. That's what they believe. That the body, that the spirit has the and they know there's no no life after after the spirit's gone. But they're at the place they don't have no Bible on it. They don't have no God on it. But for some reason, superstitious, they believe that life still stays with the body. And if you raise a third day, that's no big miracle. Jesus would have done it four days to prove to them that Lazarus was dead. And these three boys or these two boys are going to lay three and a half days to show them. They let them lay up And hey, and for another reason, the devil knows too. They have that same tradition. And if I let them lay there three and a half days, they can see they can, they're not coming back. Then he declares himself God, sits in the holy place called the abomination of desolation and tells them that they have to worship him. Amen. And he builds them an image to that beast. The Jews automatically realize that they don't have an image. I'm not talking about all of them. Some of them are against God. They're against all those. We got started on that. We're going to finish it. But them... Uh, that's going to happen. And so what they're going to do? They're going to realize who they are. We're going to stop right here and take a break, okay? I need a, something to wet my throat, and uh, we'll, we'll stop right here. Is this interesting? Amen. All of it discourse. Been here a long time. Amen. So we'll turn... Uh, back in just a minute to where we were and we'll get back look at it all right <laughs>